0: It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings.
1: And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning, even on your weekend on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Hope your weekend is going well. We'll have a look at that weather word, that weather situation around the country in just a moment. Today is September the 24th and coming up this morning once again we have the seven days of real estate we have a look back over the last seven days these are not the full interviews these are just segments so if you want to go back and listen to the entire episode you can do that by just clicking back and coming up first we're going to be catching up from on Monday when we spoke to Angus Moore from PropTrack and talking about the numbers around first home buyers and the state of the current property market. Also, Christopher Ladley, he was in, he was talking about if you're going to transact before the end of the year, time is running out of course, and we also talked about why he isn't seeing many distressed properties in his local area. Also this week, Varsha Daswani, the principal from SAI Real Estate Group, we turned and the blowtorch once again back on Mooloola Bar on the Sunshine Coast. Matthew Hughes was here, the founder and managing director of Capital Property Advisory there in Perth, looking at the Perth property market including the uh, population growth there and also that all important supply of stock and the much needed new builds required. And we rounded off the week uh, catching up with Arjun Pallywell, the head of research from Investigate Buyers Agency. And it was an interesting one because we looked at this whole question of trying to understand and break down auctions. Why is it so crucial to comprehend auctions in the Sydney market? So we take a look at that. If you're turning a year older today for September the 24th, you're in pretty good company. Kevin Sorbo, I think. I think he was Hercules, wasn't he, back in the day, back in the 90s, I think. He's turning 65, and Wayne Brady is turning 51. Also celebrating, uh, Melanie, we haven't forgotten about you. Thank you for your email. You're turning 33 today, and you're on the, the Gold Coast, another listener, and you tell us that you are deep into your renovation. So good luck with that. It's the main center forecast. And let's have a look at the weather word on our Sunday morning. First, we go to Sydney. Good news, mainly fine, little bit of cloud cover. Your temperature today, 21 degrees. Melbourne, mainly sunshine, 24. Brisbane expecting, well, it should be mainly dry, fine periods with a little bit of cloud. Your high of 23. And it's a pretty much a clean sweep. Uh, Perth expecting mainly fine weather today and 24.
0: Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. Know your property with us.
2: The story that you might tell here is people who have seen their prices growing faster than they may be expected. They're now sitting on quite a big chunk of equity in their home. You know, it's important to remember some of these places in particularly places like regional Queensland and Brisbane have seen prices grow by more than 50 percent across the pandemic, which represents an enormous increase in, in equity and in wealth. And so they're using that to upgrade sooner than they might have otherwise planned to.
1: And saving for a deposit for first home buyers at the moment is brutal in this current climate. And calculating the time needed to save for a deposit involves determining, of course, the number of years a household earning the average income would require to save 20% of their gross household income for a 20% deposit on a median priced home. So Angus, people really are looking at a number of years just to save for their deposit. Yeah, the, the 20% deposit is a,
2: a very substantial burden for first-time buyers, and you know, we've only seen that increase over recent decades. You know, We talked a bit about how affordability is you know, as bad as we've seen in three decades and basically as bad as it was when interest rates were north of 15%. What is much worse today is what we call housing accessibility or the, the difficulty of saving a deposit. To put some numbers around that, you know, obviously a deposit's about wealth. So, you know, it is a a kind of number of dollars that you need to be able to get a mortgage. But one way you can think about it is how long it would take you to save that wealth. Today, across Australia, if you were an average household, it would take you about five and a half years if you were saving 20% of your income, which is no mean feat. 20% Mm. is a fair chunk. By comparison, in 1990, it was less than three years. So it's basically twice as long today as it used to be, just a much bigger burden.
1: And it was interesting to note that, of course, first-home buyers experienced very favourable conditions, we could put it like that, in 2020 and 2021, thanks to these record low interest rates and the government incentives resulting, and I was surprised to see this, resulting in more than 160,000 first-home buyers taking out new mortgages during 2021. That's the highest annual number in over a decade. But then obviously, things became a little bit more difficult for the first home buyer.
2: Exactly right. You know, it's it's maybe hard to, to remember now given how quickly interest rates have risen. But during the pandemic, affordability was actually fairly good because interest rates were sitting at record lows. And that meant a lot of homes were actually affordable for people. And, and we saw first home buyers respond. 2021 was a really busy, active year for first home buyers. The, the busiest that we've seen since 2009, which, you know, again, was when interest rates fell and, and that helped encourage a lot of first home buyers into the market. We're obviously not seeing anything like that at the moment. The the number of first home buyers has really pulled back as interest rates have risen and affordability has kind of gone from pretty good in 2020 and 2021 to worst on record in
1: 2023.
0: From investment strategies to market analysis. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast.
1: Distressed property listings we mentioned vary from state to state. I want to ask you, Christopher, how
3: much help has actually come from banks that you are seeing? Yeah, look, really good question, Craig, and it varies a lot from bank to bank. Some banks have been really helpful throughout the process and, and are offering our clients, you know, much lower revert rates. So the revert rate is, you know, you're, you're falling off that fixed rate loan. Some banks are really competitive and really trying to help those, those clients. Some banks probably not as much so. So it's really important to you know really have a, a good look at the, at the total market.
1: Yeah and I've uh, talked to many mortgage brokers you know one of the the artful things if I can put it like that is the ability to listen and to listen correctly to the client because sometimes the client is talking and not always does the person sort of pick up on cues so that's really important isn't it listening to the client and then as a result of that whole listening getting that structure right or in this case particularly in the times that we
3: live restructuring absolutely spot-on listening is uh you know it's, I mean I know this sounds obvious but it's such an important skill because by listening to our clients sometimes we're just having long chats with our clients and you know asking the questions like are you okay you know it's not just hey how's your home loan going but are you okay what's going on and through listening some some people are annoyed that their interest rate went up so we find them a, a better deal or But some people might genuinely be feeling, you know, a bit of pain or a bit of discomfort. So we can talk a bit further about that and what that means. Because there's lots of, everybody's got lots of different options. So, you know, sometimes we might need to restructure a loan. So maybe change the loan term or obviously finding a lower interest rate is always a, a great goal. But, but simple things like changing the structure of the loan or, or that term, it can mean the difference between a, a home loan repayment that is affordable. and of course extending a loan term is, is never ideal. you know taking a I don't know a 25 year loan term, you know rolling it back out to 30 years. That's not ideal in anybody's language, but if you ask the client, well, would you consider changing that loan term or do you want to be in a position where you can't afford the monthly repayment? And once you start having those conversations with somebody, the answer becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly
0: don't let dinner prep time go to waste. Plug in your earbuds to listen to a world of powerful real estate news and information.
1: Malula Bar, it is a hot spot in the market at the moment.
4: Yeah, it sure is and like the market in Maloola is like really strong and it's very high in demand and especially from interstate buyers again just because of the very fact that we were talking about before that it's all about the lifestyle. Like $1.4 million is the median house price there and the growth rate has been about 7.9% and only 52 properties have been sold in the past 12 months and there are about 1,620 active buyers currently looking to buy just in Malulba. So the demand is really, really high there and it's a really hot suburb at the moment.
1: No doubt about it. Malula Bar is uh, going off and buying a residential property and a commercial property in Australia. Now that involves distinct considerations. Residential properties are typically for personal use, offering uh, potential for capital growth and rental income. They're governed by residential tenancy laws and lending criteria may be more lenient. Conversely, though, commercial properties for business purposes provide rental income from tenants. They offer potentially higher returns, but do come at times with greater risks and complex leases. Commercial investments do require a deeper understanding of the market dynamics and tenant management, all of that stuff. So Varshi, you deal in the commercial property space. So what is looking good to you at the moment?
4: Commercial property is really high in demand, and especially with investors, they are always looking at something with great returns. So even though there is high interest rates, the investors consistently seek exposure in assets that are retail and are like healthcare with stable and long-term leases in place. For example, there was a shopping center on the south side of Brisbane that was recently sold and had about six percent yield with like ten years lease in place. So that's something that's very stable and it's very very attractive to investors in the in the current financial landscape the skyline is constantly changing growing and expanding we deliver
0: the most property podcasts across australia every week
5: so we were already leading the uh, the nation in population growth, just above Brisbane. So they were at two point two percent annualised, and we we're at two point three. And then there was an article, or many articles, circulating last week, um, talking about the massive jump in Perth. So we jumped up about twenty percent to two point eight percent. So still leading the country by a larger margin now, and that's really driving demand for property over here in a market that doesn't have a lot of it, unfortunately. And let's just have a look at that
1: demand because, as you say, it's adding fuel to the chronically undersupplied market. So what is the data at the moment telling you in terms of where these migrants are coming from? And then once they get into Perth, into WA, what their activity is in and around
5: buying or renting? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess looking at it a little bit more closely than just the headline figure of 2.8%, what we can see when we have a look at Perth and also to a slightly lesser degree Brisbane is that the migrants that are coming to Perth um, are predominantly interstate migrants. So the East Coast major cities, Sydney and Melbourne, tend to get a lot more from internationally. And the difference there in terms of the impact it has on the property market is that international migrants are known for coming over and renting initially, whereas interstate migrants often buy. So not only do we have the highest um, level of population growth in totality, we also have, um, I think, the highest or perhaps the second highest of uh, interstate migration. And that means we have more buyers within that 2.8%. So that's really putting additional strain on the, uh, the sales market. And what
1: impact is this influx of new home buyers coupled with the high levels of investor activity having on the supply levels at
5: the moment in Perth? Yeah, so the supply levels are still disappointingly low. Um, So I guess I'll start with a couple of reference points that might help uh, anyone listening understand the gravity of the undersupply issue in Perth at the moment. So pre-COVID, our stock levels were sitting at around 17,000 homes on the market for sale. So very high levels at oversupplied market. And obviously, that was a good time for us as buyers agents and for our clients because we were running around stealing properties essentially. Whereas now, um, we we passed through that balanced market stage, which is about 13,000 properties on the market. And then last late last year, we were hovering at around eight eight and 8,500. So that's the tightest market that I've ever operated in. And that was a pretty difficult job for us as buyers agents finding and securing property at that level. What we've seen since then was surprising, I think, to most is that um, we've now been sitting at stock levels of about 5,200 or thereabouts, give or take 100 for some time now, hoping throughout winter that spring, as it historically has done, would bring more listings to market. But unfortunately, we saw a slight contraction. Much to our dismay. So, the stock levels um, don't appear to be increasing, and we don't really see anything suggesting that they will in the short to medium term.
6: Well, the first thing is when you're looking at data of any market, an example here, Sydney, it's critical to make sure you understand the transactions that are taking place. And auctions, as a result, in Sydney make up such a large percentage of sales. Just to give you some statistics, in Adelaide over the last couple of weeks, so if we looked at that mid-September data, Adelaide here had 86 auctions occur in the particular week. And then Brisbane had about 88. Now, if we take Brisbane's 88 and you compare it against Sydney's 811, that's almost 10% of Sydney, but Brisbane has half the population of Sydney. So you can see that it's not as much of a makeup in Brisbane as it is in comparison in Sydney. And Melbourne follows much the same as Sydney, where they have similar auction rates in terms of volumes. And this just shows how important it is as a percentage of sale. And especially now with springtime, things get busy.
1: Yeah, so in your experience analysing auction data, what are the critical percentage metrics that distinguish, let's say, excellence next to average and then below average auction activity?
6: This is a good question because now that we know it makes up such an important portion of sales, obviously it's data that you should start tracking. And when you're starting to look at these data points, we found that when auctions get sort of in that low to mid 60s, 62 to 65 percent, we see either a very start of the phase of softening markets or in some cases Balanced markets. This is where you're just not getting an amazing result all the time You're not getting a horrible result all the time And this is that point in which people say oh markets may start declining here." now Naturally if you're below that or hovering at that for too long Prices tend to come down a little bit as they have in history when looking at Sydney However, when things start to ramp up above that, it's usually a sign of Price growth and that price growth being quite important to Sydney's market when you combine auction data. This is because it makes up such a large volume of activity. In recent weekends, we've seen rates of 70% plus, 72% in that mid September weekend. Whilst it's similar to the weekend prior, it's better than the weekend this time last year, which was at 65%, and this time last year we were in the swings of the declines of Sydney market too. So it just shows you that the low 60s to mid 60s that can be where the declines happen. And when you're in the 70s, it's definitely price rising time.
1: Yeah, and it is, as you say, it is on the way up. And given that campaigns may be time-consuming, along with data lags and buyer impatience is also a bit of a factor, how can prospective buyers, particularly in Sydney, prevent consistently overpaying or frequently missing out at auctions?
6: Yeah, so when you're looking at overpaying, comparable analysis is a key part of that. And with comparable analysis, we tend to follow a framework of internal, external, land size, recency of sale, the neighborhood it's in, and the market heat occurring. And now when you transition that market heat point, this is where getting on the ground is more important in markets like Sydney in markets like Melbourne due to the auction portions of sale. And getting on the ground is when you start to see the truth. How much activity is there? How much movement is there from your comparables versus actual sales? what level of bidding activity is there, not just the price activity, but the actual bidding and people at the open homes, the inspections at the auctions. All of this data helps because you see a disconnect in the data considering when a property first goes to market, that might be the point in which the interest is the highest. And if that's the point, and auctions are carrying themselves four, sometimes six weeks or three weeks down the track, you're constantly in this lag mode when a market's having a good run, especially like clearance rates today in the 70s.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.